Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Real Happy Mom podcast, the weekly podcast for moms to get inspiration, encouragement, and practical tips for this journey called motherhood. My name is Tony Ann, and you are listening to episode number 75. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Happy Mom podcast. I am so glad that you are here to join me because today I am talking to Rachel And she is going to be helping us out quite a bit when it comes to parenting during this stressful time. I think a lot of times as moms, we have this expectation that we have to be a good mom and we should be happy to be around our kids. And right now, it's pretty stressful. And I get it, mom, if you're like, I just want to be left alone or I want to have adult interactions and things like that. In this episode, I'm talking to Rachel all about parenting and how to reduce the stress and the overwhelm with moms who are either working from home during this time with the coronavirus or who are still working and are just overwhelmed and exhausted. But before we jump into this episode, it is time for my favorite part of the podcast, and that is the mommy wins. So let's check out this week's mommy win. Hey, my name is Huda and I'm Blushes and Butterflies on Instagram. I have a beauty and lifestyle blog. I also have a hair care business and um, I'm an author. I have a self-help book that I'm getting ready to publish and a 30-day self-care book that is coming up real soon. And my recent win for the week is getting my kids on a steady bedtime schedule. I used to have such a hard time getting them to bed on time. They always wanted to play and never go inside. But now that I have a set routine for them, I have time after they go to bed to work on all of my businesses. Oh, yes, I am always glad to hear a mommy win. Now, if you are listening and you would like to be featured in an upcoming mommy win, all you have to do is go over to Instagram and follow me at Real Happy Mom. Then you go over to the DMs and then there's a microphone on the lower right hand side. You want to press and hold that microphone and tell me your name, your IG handle, what you do and how you are winning. Simple as that. It could be anything big or small. All is welcome. So make sure you head over and do that. And I will see about getting you featured next time. Now that we have that out of the way, it is time to jump into this week's episode. All right. So today I have a great guest that is going to help us out quite a bit. And I am excited to have Rachel on. So Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited to be here. Yes, me too. Now, Rachel, before we get into our topic, I wanted you to share a little bit about you and your business. Okay, so I am, most importantly to me, anyway, I'm a mom. I have two daughters who are seven and 10 years old. Um, We live outside of Washington, D.C. in a suburb in Northern Virginia. In addition to being a mom, I am, so my career at this point is helping parents and really providing practical tools, specifically for parents who have tried a number of things, maybe to motivate better behavior or to handle their kids' drama. Um, and they've tried a lot of things and it hasn't worked. So I'm trying to, I really teach tools that last longer and really last throughout children's lives rather than just the short-term, what I call band-aid fixes. But I didn't actually start working with parents. I actually started 
in the field of clinical psychology, I was studying to be, I wanted to be a neuropsychologist. And um, at the time I was studying, getting my, you know, I was working on my PhD and um, eventually got pregnant. So I, I dropped out of that PhD program, but I used everything I learned about the brain and really also my time, I, I spent some time as a therapist and an ADHD coach. So I use all of my education and my background to now provide those practical tools for parents. That is awesome. And I didn't know that about you, that you had some, a lot of ambition there. I like it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The brain has always interested me, the, the, the uh, relationship between the brain and behavior and the brain and how we feel. I mean, it's always interested me. Yes, definitely. Now, Rachel, right now we are in the midst of the crisis with the coronavirus and many moms are starting to work from home during this time and are finding it pretty challenging with the kids around. So I wanted you to give us some tips on how we can support our kids when there's a lot of work that we still need to get done. Yes. So I'm going to give you, I I love giving the practical tips. So I'm going to give you a few practical tips right now. You don't have to do all of these, but the more of them you do, probably the bigger impact you're going to see. The first thing that I highly recommend is that you actually have a set time sometime in the week. And it really can be just once a week where your kids know that you are going to be with them, paying full attention to them. So in my family, we're both still working. And so we make weekends our time when our kids know we are going to be present. When kids know that's coming, they're less likely to be jumping on us. A lot of kids will jump on us because they don't know when they're gonna get our attention. So having a set time is the first thing that I highly recommend. The second thing that I recommend is letting them know ahead of time what you have to get done and when, and coming up with them, assuming they're about you know four years old, five years old and older, and even for the young ones, you can still do this, but you're doing more of the talking. But figure out, let your kids know what, um, when you're going to be busy and what you're going to do if they come up to you when you're busy. So they kind of know ahead of time what the expectations are. So setting the expectations is really important. And then I suggest when you do have to get work done, having what I call a not now space, a space where your kids know if you're in that space that you can't just be like, they can't just run up to you. And I'm not saying that that's going to solve everything, like just having like a door closed or, you know, being in a space is going to stop them. But if you don't have that space, you're basically free reign. So you want a space where you tell them when I'm here, just think before you come up to me. And then when you go into that space, let them know again when you're going to be done. And I highly recommend saying when you're going to be done based on their activity. So not like I'll be done at two o'clock, but I'll be done after you finish your snack and watch one show. So they kind of have in their mind when you're going to be done. And the last tip I have is also a really important one. This can make a big difference as well. When you do go to your not now space, make sure they're engaged in something before you leave. So don't just say, go start your coloring book or go start your homework or go start, because it's actually once they're engaged that they're, they're going to be stuck in what they're doing versus it's very hard for kids and teens to initiate. So if you help them with the initiation, you're gonna get some more free time. So that's basically let them know ahead of time what to expect, set up a space and start them in something and you're gonna be, you're gonna have much more success. Yes, and I'm starting to see this now because I know with recording on podcasts, like even when we got ready to record right now, my son was like, mommy, I thought we were going to play. And I was like, yeah, but mommy has to go record right now. And if I would have told him, you know, like when, I think it would have went a lot smoother because now he's like, okay, well, how long is it going to take? And how many minutes, mommy? And I'm just like, dude, like, leave me alone. I'm going to be back. (laughs) So I definitely see it. 
Yeah, if you started the morning saying, okay, I'm going to be doing a podcast at this time. Um, while I'm doing this, this is what I want you to do. And I'll be done when, you're, when you finish this activity. That would have prepped his brain and he probably would have had a much easier time. And he would know when you're coming out. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Because he knows, okay, I have this time with mommy. But like I was telling you before, I feel like now he sees me all the time. So he thinks mommy is just available all the time. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like mommy still has things to get done. So I just wanted you to touch on that one a little bit because I have been struggling with getting him to understand, leave mommy alone. I'll be back. Yes. And you know, what's really hard, particularly right now is that we are home more, but because we're home more, we're not paying as much attention to them. So because they're like around all the time, so we've almost diluted our attention. It's like they're getting more of it, but less of it at the same time. So it makes them want us more. So that's why like planning that once a week where they know you're going to be full on. And I think once a week is realistic for us, hopefully, even as working parents. Um, Once a week, they're going to get that time. Again, it'll make them crave it less. The reason they bother us so much is because they just don't know when they're going to get it. And so they just want it all the time. Got it. Got it. No, that makes perfect sense. And then making sure that they're engaged before you leave. I, I learned that the hard way because again, like when I get ready podcasts, like, you know, it has to be quiet. Can't be like lots of noise. So yeah, I didn't give my son his crackers and his iPad before I left. And yeah, I learned the hard way. So I I like that one. That was a good reminder. Yep. Now, Rachel, for the moms that are actually still going to work and who are listening to this episode or in the future, and they're just exhausted after coming home from their nine to five, I wanted you to just share some tips on reducing the exhaustion and the overwhelm that we're feeling. I think one of the ways we can do this, obviously, there are really two ways to reduce exhaustion and overwhelm. And one is to change the situation if you can, like, you know, change it to your home earlier, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I find with the parents that I work with, whether they're staying at home with their kids, whether they're working outside the home, they can't always change their situation. So what I tend to do is when the situation isn't changeable, have you change your mindset about it, change your expectations about it. So even just shifting your expectation from, I am going to spend, you know, quality time with my child every day, that's not realistic. If you are working outside of the home, you have to get dinner on the table. You have to, you know, get your kids bathed. You have to, it's just not realistic. So shifting your expectations to make them more realistic so that you feel less overwhelmed and then just let your kids know what to expect. You can, again, using the concept of just having one time a week when you can be with them saying, you know what, we might not get that much time during the week, but I cannot wait for our time on the weekend when we can be together. So you're setting their expectation that they're not going to get that much time from you. You're setting your expectation and then you don't have to feel so overwhelmed. So I really think when we are overwhelmed, we either have to change our situation or change how we view our situation and how we handle our situation. And really that's the piece that I work with parents on. When you can't change it, let's change how we view it. And expectations is one really good place to start. I have other ways to do it, but that's a really good place to start. And when you're talking about changing the situation, like, let's just say for me, for instance, I'm coming home at like six o'clock and then the kids have to be to bed by eight. And so by changing the situation, you're meaning like, you know, changing the time I get home or having the husband help out. Like, what would you suggest for some ways to get started with changing the situation? That's exactly right. Like what you suggested. So I do work with families on this as well. Like, can you get home earlier? Can you tag team? Can you and your spouse switch which days you come home early? You know, are there logistical things that you can change? Can you speed up bedtime or bath time, make your routine a little bit shorter? So are there logistical pieces that you can change? 
And for many parents, they'll say, yeah, let's, let's figure out my schedule a little bit. For some parents, they'll say, no, Rachel, there's just, we've, we've already optimized the most we possibly can. We can't change our schedules. That's when we really work on the mindset piece. Gotcha, gotcha. And I'm beginning to see a lot of issues that we have just in general. It it does come back to the whole mindset. So I'm just thinking about some of the things that you've already talked about as far as like mindset. So you said definitely we want to keep it realistic, but are there other things that we can do with helping with this mindset? Yeah, I mean, keeping it expectations on ourselves are also are really important. Another thing that's super important in parenting with mindset is to stop trying to control things that are out of your control. And I see this all the time. We try to control other people. We try to control traffic. We try to control the future. I mean, we try to control everything. And that creates so much what I call yuck. Yuck is a word I use in parenting where basically any type of discomfort where we're, where we're unhappy. And I, when we try to control other people, it's actually out of our control. So it creates a lot of discomfort. But there is something that is in our control 100% of the time, which is how we behave and how we think. And so that is really where I focus with parents on with, with the mindset, it's expectations, it's are you focusing on what's in your control or are you trying to, like even with behavior, because a lot of parents will come with me, come to me to help with kids' behavior. And they'll say, well, I can't um, make my kids clean. How do I make my kids cleaner? How do I get my kids to clean? And the truth is you can't make another human being do anything. What you can do is change your behavior to make it more likely that you will influence your kids. But that means focusing on your behavior and your reaction. You can't actually make other people do things. You can't make your spouse pick up their socks off the floor. If you've been, you know, so that's another big piece is, are you focusing on what you can control? Um, and I have others if you wanted me to go more, but those are two big ones. Expectations, control, those are some big ones. Oh yeah. You were talking, I was just sitting there like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, Rachel, yeah. If you have um, a few more, definitely give it to us because yeah, I, I definitely see the expectations. One, I think our moms were just like too hard on ourselves anyways, wow. and we think that we can do a lot more than we can. So yeah, that one is huge for us. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And what I found too, I've said this a few times, since um, the coronavirus, you know, things changed, period. No one would deny that things changed. And what I find that most moms have done is instead of shifting their expectations when life shifted, they increased their expectations. Life changed, they increased and they're like, okay, I'll do everything I was doing before with the laundry and making kids the dinners and making sure kids aren't on screens too much. But now I'm going to add in their education and I'm going to add in working from home. And like, we didn't shift our expectations. We just increased them. And then we wonder why everyone's miserable besides all the other stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Because I had almost a little mini breakdown on what was it on Friday, because I'm usually off on Friday. So it worked out perfect. And of course, my son, he started virtual school. And my husband, he stays at home with the kids. And he was the one helping with virtual school. And he's like, yeah, hun, you, you know, I got everything taken care of. He's good to go. And I looked, it was so much stuff he didn't get done. I was just like, oh, my God. So I literally spent like, a majority of the day with him, like making sure he got all of his assignments done on top of, you know, doing the things that I need to do. So I totally see that one. But I, I gave myself a little bit of grace because I was like, it's no way I can do virtual school with him and then do finish the podcasting things that I need to get done and clean the house. I was like, something's not getting done. And the house was the thing that didn't get done. So I was just wondering if you could touch on that, like the moms that are like, oh my God, like I have all of this to do. Like, how can we bring it back down to to real life? Yes. Here's the problem is that 
as moms, we have, and, I, and this is true of dads too, probably, but I know this is true of moms because that's mostly who I work with. We have trouble prioritizing. We, uh, we treat everything as absolutely equal and ever, absolutely everything has to get done and it has to get done well. And that is a recipe for disaster. If we are not prioritizing what the, the um, things that have the tasks, we are trying to do everything and that leads to overwhelm. So one of the things I teach a lot of parents is how do you prioritize based on a few different things, based on what are your values, based on what are the things that absolutely must get done for the children and the adults to stay alive. Like we have to prioritize. And that's one of the first places I start with parents who are um, overwhelmed is I look at, are you prioritizing or are you assuming that everything is equal? And if you were trying to get it all done and all done at the same level, again, you're going to feel overwhelmed. So I have, you know, I, I have little ways that parents can prioritize depending on, I do a little coaching with them, depending on what's important to them and I help them prioritize. And one of the things I'm really talking about during now when you're prioritizing is create a later list. A later list can calm our brain down because as moms, we say, no, 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 it has to all get done. Just create this list where it's going to get done later. It will still get done. It just won't get done right this second. And that allows us to prioritize and not panic when we've moved a couple things off of our list. So Rachel, we're trying to get everything done. I know that a lot of times how moms are able to get everything done is with the help of others, whether it be a housekeeper, a nanny, someone getting groceries. But because of the coronavirus, we don't really have all that help. So will that later list help with that? Or are there other ways that we can work around that? I think the later list can help with that because if you say, hey, like, um, if, let's say you have someone helping you clean the house. You have someone who comes in and does the deep cleaning. You can say, you know what, during this coronavirus, I'm going to do the surface cleaning and that deep cleaning can go on my later list. And when we have that help back, that's when the deep cleaning is going to happen. And so maybe there are going to be some dust bunnies around the house, or maybe I use this as an opportunity to teach my kids how to dust, which maybe they don't know how to do because we've had cleaning people come in. So absolutely a later list can help you shift your expectations for cleaning, for cooking, for screen time. That's a huge one. So, um, you know, a lot of parents are saying, well, my kids are on screens more. That's fine. Put it on your later list that you are going to address the screen time later, not now. Let them be on screens if they need to be on screens. In fact, one tip I'm giving for parents during the virus for screens is instead of saying your your kids are only allowed on for two hours, say, we're going to make sure we have two hours off of screens Mm. and we're going to have a really good two hours. And then don't worry about the rest of the time. Gotcha. And then again, you put on the later list, okay, where you need to readdress the the, uh, expectations for screens when everything's back to normal. That's a later list item. Got it. That one was good. I like that. I'm going to use that today. (laughs) Now, Rachel, many times we hear that we should be in the moment when it comes to parenting. And this can be really hard, especially right now with us working from home and things have just completely changed for us. So I just wanted you to talk about your take on being in the moment parenting. Yeah. So there are two types of ways I talk about in the moment. In the moment, as far as being present with your kids. And then the other piece of in the moment I talk about is handling discipline in the moment. And I feel like those are two slightly different things. Being present with your kids. Very honestly, I am not a present person. So I struggle with this one too. So what I do, again, I go back to those expectations for myself and I say to myself, okay, Rachel, at least two or three times a day for 30 seconds or less, you are going to look up from what you're doing. And here's the strategy I use to be present with my kids is I call it ask an extra question. So two or three times a day. So for me, I have two kids. So this may be five or six times a day for 30 seconds. 
So this adds up to about two and a half minutes. I'm gonna look up from what I'm doing, look at what my kids are doing and ask them a question about it. So maybe they're doing crafts. You know, I'll say, hey, what made you decide to choose the color purple? They'll tell me and I'll listen. And then I promise myself I can tune back out after that. Because I can't be present with, I love my kids to death, I cannot be present with them all the time. So I just work on little pieces and the strategy I use to be present, because if I just say, Rachel, be present, my mind wanders. So I actually have a really anchoring strategy of ask them an extra question. So that's sort of the in the moment, like how do you be present? Is that the one you were looking for, look, asking about? Yes, yes, that Good. was it. Good. Yeah, the only reason why I ask is because I feel like now it's this new level in expectation that we should be, you know, doing more with our kids because of the coronavirus. Like, oh, you have more time to spend with your kids. So it's either, these are the two things I'm seeing, either spend more time with your kids and family, or you need to, you know, go on 100 with your side hustle and business and get that like just booming. And I'm like, I don't want to do either. (laughs) I just want to just sit here and process what is happening right now. Um, So I, I, I'm totally with you on that being present in the moment. I would love for you in particular to give yourself permission to do that. Just say, I give myself, in fact, this is something Brene Brown, who's a, uh, I love Brene Brown. I oh yes, I love her too. <laughs> yeah, this is some, a strategy that she actually suggests, write down on a slip of paper what you give yourself permission to do, put it in your pocket and take it out every once in a while. To give yourself permission to not necessarily spend more time, to not necessarily work on your side hustle and just process. Because here's what I will tell you as a parenting expert and as much of an expert as someone can actually be, it's better for your kids to do what's aligned with your values right now than to do what you're supposed to do based on what the expert, what, you know, what everyone's telling you. That's the best thing you can do for your kids is align your action with your values and what feels good because then the energy you're giving off is energy that makes kids feel safe. Whereas if you're just trying to do what you're supposed to do, the energy you give off to your kids is, oh my gosh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not being enough. And they sense that and it'll make it worse for them. Yes, I like that. I'm going to use that one. (laughs) I got my paper right now, so I'll write down what I'm going to give myself permission to do. Yes, yes. Now, Rachel, you've given us a lot, and I am so grateful that I was able to talk to you because I really feel like this is going to help, you know, change our our minds and our perspective and and make it a lot easier for us because I feel like it's been pretty hard for us as parents because we have the kids around more. Um, and then, like I said, with these high expectations for us. So thank you so much for, you know, helping us to see things a little bit clearer and give us permission and all that other good stuff. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you having me here. Now, Rachel, before we sign off, I just wanted you to either give us a motivational quote or words of encouragement for us real happy moms. So I'm going to, if it's okay, I'm going to read my favorite quote that I tell parents all the time. It's, it's, it's not long, but it's a few sentences. So if you would bear with me, this is when I read that, that we were going to do that. I printed this out because I love it. I think it had relevance before the virus. I think it especially has relevance now. Um, so here's the quote. It's by Ian Thomas. And he says, every day, the world will drag you by the hand yelling, this is important. And this is important. And this is important. You need to worry about this and this. And each day, It is up to you to yank your hand back, put it on your heart and say, no, this is what's important. That's my favorite parenting quote ever. I love it. Love it. Love it. I'm going to have to get that one printed out. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 
Now, Rachel, if we want to connect with you online or just learn more about you, where can we find you? Um, so I would say the first place is I also have a podcast. It's called Your Parenting Long Game. It talks a lot about both discipline and a lot of the mindset stuff I've been talking about. And then my website is rachel-bailey.com. There's some actual, there's some free resources on my website. Um, and I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Rachel Bailey Parenting. Awesome. So I'll make sure to include all of that in the show notes. Rachel, thank you so much again. I really, really appreciate it. You have been amazing. Oh, thank you for having me here. I actually adore talking to you. So I appreciate you having me Aww, here. thanks. <laughs> wow. Now, after talking to Rachel, I felt so much better because I will be honest, I was not feeling like a great mom because I have been having a hard time adjusting with being around my kids more. Now, if you are feeling like I did, just know that you are not alone. And if you want to get more information or just get the links that Rachel mentioned, make sure you head over to realhappymom.com slash 75. That's the number 75. And there you'll find everything that Rachel mentioned, as well as a complete blog post that you can reference back to. Now, make sure you tune in next week where I'll be talking to a pediatrician who's going to give us some helpful advice on how we can talk to our kids about coronavirus. Now, that's it for this week. I will catch you next time with lots of love.